When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, Bitcoin analysts flag key Bitcoin price points as the bulls cling to $26,000. In breaking news just in, Franklin Templeton, a $1.5 trillion asset manager, filed a 19B4 for a spot Bitcoin ETF app, officially starting the clock with the SEC. Let's go. We'll also be discussing breaking news, JP Morgan subsidiary Chase UK to restrict crypto transactions. That's right. Chase Bank customers in the UK will no longer be be able to make crypto transactions starting October 16th. Now, remember, Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of Chase, isn't selling. Jamie Dimon is most likely buying, and Chase is probably doing the same. So let's not forget the past. We'll also be discussing Gemini investing $24 million for the expansion in India. In fact, they have added 70 new members to their staff. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin gains legal recognition as a digital currency in Shanghai, China. That's right. A similar report from another Chinese court in September recognized cryptos as virtual properties protected by the law. We'll also be discussing breaking news. Ben Bitboy Armstrong arrested on his live stream over a Lambo dispute. And in in fact, in his own testimony in today's video, he shared he caught two charges, one for loitering and another for ultimately harassment, which is assault. And Max Kaiser responded to this, ish coiners like drug addicts and alcoholics always end up in prison, the hospital or the morgue. You don't have to ish coin today. Move to El Salvador and live the Bitcoin maximalist life of God's only money, perfect money, Bitcoin, where three papusas for only a dollar. We're also going to be discussing, can the Bitcoin price realistically achieve Fidelity's $1 billion price target by 2038? I'll be breaking this down for you. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more, in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Net. Welcome everyone just joining us. Again, this is pod number 1413. I am your host, JV, and today is September 26, 2023. Let's kick it off kick it off with our market watch as we do each and every day. Massive shout out to everyone today in the live chat. I appreciate all the interaction. This chat is literally lit and we're going to have a fantastic live Q&A session towards the end of the show. So here we go. Let's check out uh, Coin360. We can see the majority of the altcoins currently correcting along with the king down a quarter of a percent for the day trading just above 26200 but a good sign that we're holding on to that $26,000 of support and checking out CoinMarketCap.com. We're currently sitting just above a trillion. We have been stuck here for the bulk of this year, just FYI. There's roughly 22 billion in volume in the past 24 hours, with the Bitcoin dominance slightly on the rise at 48.9%, with the Ether dominance at 18.3%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we have Maker up 9%, trading at $1,423, followed by uh, Frank's share 
or Frax share, FXS, up 5%, trading just under 6 bucks. followed by Optimism, up 2%, trading at $1.27. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past week, a massive sea of red with only a handful in the green with Maker leading this pack, up 8.8%, with the biggest losers being RLB and APT, down roughly 4.5%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated a 46 in fear. Yesterday was a 47, which is neutral. Last week, a 46 and last month, a 38 in fear. So there you have it, fam. Shout out to everyone in that live chat. OG, Backroad, Crypto Bootleg, Bitcoin Maximus, Digital Dankness. We got Renee, Knox Bill, the entire fam in the building, which I love and love to see. And with that being shared, fam, now let's break down today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out some of the charts and where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. Let's go. And don't forget to smash that like. Bitcoin hit intraday lows after the September 26th Wall Street Open as the price behavior shunned major volatility, as you can clearly see here in the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed Bitcoin acting in a tight range while keeping 26,000 as support, which is the current line in the sand. The Bitcoin bull saw several retests of the 26th level as the week got underway, though it is still holding at this time. Analyzing the composition on the largest global exchange buy Finance, we have material indicators eyeing a potential scenario yet to come with $50 million in bid liquidity between $25,000 and the current spot price versus just $6 million in overhead resistance. Watching to see if it replenishes, says the analyst. Now, material indicators reiterated that $24,750, the site of the Bitcoin mid-June low, remained the line in the sand for the bulls for the previous weeks. Now, he also described the current status quo that is not that bad. And also added uh, what Dan Crypto Trades highlighted, the two key levels that could determine the new Bitcoin price trend. These came in in the form of the 200-week moving average at 28,000, as well as the horizontal support zone at 25 Gs, quoting him here. Until then, we'd likely be seeing low time frame choppy price action. And he also points out here, Bitcoin zooming out is not all that bad, but I doubt we'll see any meaningful trend form until either, number one, the weekly 200-week moving average was is sitting at 28,000 is broken or until the horizontal support sitting at 25,000 is broken. Which target do you feel is most likely to occur for the King Crypto? Let me know in the comments right down below. And zooming out, it was financial commentator Ted's Talk Crypto turning the eye to the rest of 2023 with optimism when it came to BTC. Quitting the analyst here, Bitcoin is entering a period of positive seasonality, noting that October is traditionally a lucrative month, hence why we call it Uptober for Bitcoin. Bitcoin hodlers, Ted Talks Macro said that 2022 marked an exception thanks to the United States benchmark interest rates, quoting him again. However, for Bitcoin, this is an unprecedented environment. Prior to 2022, Bitcoin had never existed in a world that rates much higher than 2%. Whereas now, in late 2023, the federal funds rate is above 5% and will likely remain there for much longer while the central banks of the world try to keep the lid on inflation. Good luck there. We know that the genie is out of the bottle. So good luck trying to get that tamed back in, right? Now, this chart shows October as being, on average, Bitcoin's most successful month over the past three years, with data from monitoring resource CoinGlass showing likewise. So do you feel that this up-and-coming month, which is only a few days out, October, aka October, will be another bullish catalyst for the King Crypto and the entire crypto market? Let me know your honest thoughts, fam, in the comments below. And this breaking news just came in before I went live. $1.5 trillion asset manager Franklin Templeton 
files a 19B4 for the spot Bitcoin ETF, officially starting the clock with the SEC. Another one, fam. I should be... Uh, Quoting or, you know, hitting the soundboard here for uh, DJ Cali, another one. Because it's like a domino effect, I cannot wait. 2024 is going to be such a bullish year, fam. You have no idea. Anyways, now let's break down breaking news coming from JP Morgan Chase and their CEO, Jamie Dimon. Better known as Jamie the Tapeworm here in the crypto sphere. Shout out to Max Geiser, by the way. But yeah, they're banning crypto transactions from your bank. And we know in the United States, at least, JP Morgan Chase is the largest bank in the United States. So them putting a ban on crypto in the UK is a clear sign that they don't want investors investing into crypto. So what do they know that we don't? Well, let's break this down and why this may be. And uh, if you're currently banking with JP Morgan Chase, I'd highly consider thinking about starting another bank account, maybe with a local credit union or something like that. Why support these criminals? You know what I mean? So here we go. Chase Bank, a subsidiary of financial services company, J.P. Morgan Chase, will restrict all crypto-related transactions for its customers in the UK. Now, if you live in the UK, I'd be making an uproar about this because it's total BS. And again, I would not be supporting your oppressors, fam. Starting October 16th, which is like two weeks out, customers of Chase Bank in the UK will no longer be able to make crypto transactions using their debit cards or through outgoing bank transfers. They're going to try to make it impossible for you. Customers will receive a decline transaction notification if they attempt to make a crypto-related transaction. So the million-dollar question becomes, why do you feel they're banning all crypto transactions? Are they doing to look out for your best interests, or are they trying to protect their own, you know what I mean, special interests? Let me know, fam, because I think the answer couldn't be any more clear. So check it out. According to the bank's representative, Chase decided to enforce the new restrictions due to an increase in fraud and scams related to crypto assets. The spokesperson referred to data from Britain's fraud reporting agency, Action Fraud, indicating that the UK consumer losses to crypto fraud surged more than 40% year over year as of May 2023. And according to the agency, the losses in the UK surpassed 300 million British pounds, which is roughly $365 million. What is that, a million per day in USD? This has uh, been done to protect our customers and keep their money safe. Sure, if you believe them, we are committed to helping keep our customers' money safe and secure. We have seen an increase in the number of crypto scams targeting UK consumers. So we have taken the decision to prevent the purchase of crypto assets on the Chase debit card or by transferring money to a crypto site from a Chase account. Now, Chase Bank originally announced its policy change around crypto in an email to customers September 20. Today, we have made the decision because fraudsters are increasingly using crypto assets to steal large amounts of money from people, the bank said. Now, some Chase users subsequently reported receiving the email about the policy changes. Many expressed outrage, saying it uh, decides to limit the freedom to use crypto under the guise of investor protection. Exactly. Quoting him here, we're banning computers because fraudsters use them. That's ultimately the same logic for why they're claiming to be uh you know, uh, not allowing transactions in crypto through Chase Bank. Now, they're a retail-focused bank offering fee-free banking via its mobile app, operating in more than 4,600 branches around the world. Chase reportedly amassed more than 50 million active users. Good frickin' Lord. The latest restrictions will only impact around 2% of its total users worldwide, with its UK user base reaching 1 million in September of 2022. And quoting Altcoin Daily, today, JP Morgan Chase banned Bitcoin and crypto transactions for all the UK clients, possible 
possibly more banks to follow. I hope this doesn't follow over in the United States. That's why we need to make a big uproar about it now, in my humble opinion, anyways. But remember, Jamie Dimon, a.k.a. Jamie the Tapeworm, as Max Kaiser refers to him as, the CEO of Chase, isn't selling. Jamie Dimon is most likely buying, and Chase is probably buying too. Remember what happened back in 2017. And he makes a great point. Don't listen to what these criminals say, but watch what they do because actions don't lie. And with that being shared, fam, now let's break down our next story of the day. And let me know if you're going to be supporting J.P. Morgan Chase. If you're currently banking with them, again, I'd highly recommend going to a, a local credit union or someone not involved in racketeering and criminal, you know what I mean, organization involved in RICO. Just saying, because they have been caught red-handed how many times over the years? They more recently, over the past couple of years, had to pay a $900 million plus fine for spoofing the pressure metals market. We're talking about J.P. Morgan Chase, their criminals, and their criminal CEO, Jamie the Tapeworm Diamond. So I'm sick of seeing this man's face. I'm sick of the FUD, and I'm sick of their BS at the end of the day. If you can relate, holla at your boy. Now let's break down the latest with Gemini, one of the major crypto exchanges in the United States, expanding over in India, which we know is one of the largest populations in the world, probably next to China, I would say. So let's break this baby down. And how many of you have used the Gemini exchange over the years? Let me know. And did you know, FYI, they were the first uh, ones of uh, the Winklevoss twins to submit an application for a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States over a decade ago to the SEC, and they have been denying applications ever since. Now, according to the September 26th announcement, the funds will be used to grow Gemini's Development Center in Gurgaon, the exchange said. Our teams based in uh, Gurgaon will also be responsible for the core platform fundamentals in the areas of compliance, data pipelines, and warehousing, security, and payments, complementing our 500-plus strong global workforce. Since its initial launch in May, the Gemini Gurgaon on Development Center expanded over 70 staff with active hiring for software engineers, technical product managers, talent acquisition, finance, support, and compliance. And in supporting the expansion, Gemini cited the Indians government's robust support framework that allows startups to thrive. Maybe take a lesson out of that. SEC and U.S. regulators, you blind mofos. Anyways, the site also acts as a developer for the exchange's new features in NFTs, as well as the asset marketplace. Now, back in April, Gemini disclosed big plans for international growth this year in APOC, referring to the Asia-Pacific region. It's India's operations, which are expected to be the second largest behind only Gemini's United States headquarters. Now, the firm's CEO for APOC region called India a global hub for entrepreneurship and technical development. India has been actively adopting blockchain tech with around 50% of their local and state-level governments incorporating it into their data management systems and verifiable certificate issuances. In a recent survey, over 56% of Indian firms expressed interest in enterprise blockchain in a country with an estimated Web3 developer base of 10 million individuals. So between 2021 and 2022, 450 Web3 startups in India received $1.5 billion in investments. So there you have it. I am curious how many of you have ever been to India before? How many of you are tuned in live right now from India? And what's the state of the current crypto environment in India? If you can share any insights, I greatly appreciate that. And I'll read all that out loud here towards the end of the show. And with that being shared, fam, now let's discuss Bitcoin in China. At one point, Bitcoin was totally banned. Bitcoin mining was banned, right? And then Hong Kong, which is not a part of the mainland, they started talking about this innovation, making it 
virtually a crypto hub for that region. And now China has come out saying, yo, we recognize Bitcoin. It's no longer banned. And Shanghai being one of the you know major places over there. So let's break this baby down. I've actually lived 13 months in China, so I have a little experience out there. Anyways, the Shanghai number two intermediate people's court in China reportedly recognized Bitcoin as a unique and non-replicable digital asset while acknowledging its scarcity and inherent value. Preach! The Chinese court released a report yesterday, September 25th, discussing the development of internet tech. The report stated that with the development of internet tech, digital currencies such as Bitcoin stand out as unique and non-replicable. Preach! The report states that among the sea of digital currencies, Bitcoin is different and unique from other digital assets. 100%. The report also shed light on some of the unique properties of Bitcoin, including its scarcity and property attributes. The report states that Bitcoin has key currency features such as scalability, ease of circulation, storage, and payment. Bitcoin continues to see global usage despite its decentralized nature and lack of central authority administration. The latest judicial report acknowledging Bitcoin and its attributes as an asset class gives Bitcoin and other digital currencies in China more legitimacy. Despite a blanket ban on cryptos in China, legal arguments for defining Bitcoin as personal property have gained a lot of traction from the local Chinese courts. The latest recognition from one of the key courts in Shanghai comes despite the hostile attitude of the Chinese government towards Bitcoin. China imposed a blanket ban on all forms of crypto activities, including Bitcoin mining, back in 2021. However, several courts in China have recognized Bitcoin and other digital assets as legal properties, which is protected by the law. And as reported September 1st, a people's court in China released a report assessing the legality of virtual assets and analyzing the criminal law attributes of these assets. The report observed that digital assets qualify as legal property and thus are protected by the law. That's right. As Michael Saylor calls it, it's digital real estate. It's more scarce than real real estate because there's only 21 million coins. It's the first money in existence to have a finite limit of supply. And of course, governments around the world are going to have to recognize it regardless of what they have done in the past. And this is the sign of the times, even China recognizing it as legal property, which therefore needs to be protected. So there we have it. No one can stop Bitcoin. No one can ban it. You can try it. It's only going to make it that much more popular at the end of the day, which we have witnessed time and time again. Now for the story that is on everyone's mind, the story that had me up till 1 a.m. watching the drama go down in real time as BitBoy Ben Armstrong got arrested in real time during his own live stream. You can't make this up. Then this morning, I watched his latest update to see what happened. He said he caught two charges, one for loitering, being somewhere he doesn't belong. He showed up at this guy Carlos's house, allegedly to get his Lamborghini back, which which was allegedly stolen from him. He claimed to have a gun in the vehicle. The police asked him, do you have any weapons on you? He's like, no, nothing is on me, but there's a gun in my car. And then they kept asking, who is in your car? Because they can see someone in the car. And he failed to answer that to the police until about the fifth request. The police yelled, who is in the car? And then he's like, I think Cassie or whoever his mistress is that he's been cheating on his wife with. So he revealed this in the live stream. It was the most chaotic. I am telling you, I would have never imagined this. 
happening and live, the most entertaining story probably of all time. I cannot wait for the movie a bit, boy. But anyways, if you missed it, here's what you missed out on. And let me know your thoughts, fam. This is very interesting, entertaining, and sad all at the same time. Crypto influencer Ben Armstrong, previously known as BitBoy, who was once the largest crypto YouTuber in the world, had reportedly been arrested while live streaming outside of his house. That's a fact. We witnessed it live on stream. And he claims that this former business associate, Carlos, uh, basically stole his Lamborghini through coercion and threats. Now, before the Ustream, he posted he was going live soon in a very special location. He announced it here on his ex account, 7.19 p.m. last night. I'll be going live soon from a very special location on YouTube. So get ready. This is going to be good. I'd say it wasn't a good look at all, Ben. You ended up in jail. What an embarrassment. Less than an hour later, Armstrong was live streaming himself at the residence of consultant and NFT investor, Carlos Diaz, who is understood to have links with the Hit Network, and he claims he is a gangster. And it's ironic that their company is called the Hit Network, because what do gangsters do? They make hits. And we ain't talking about music, fam. Anyways, Armstrong went on the tirade, claiming Diaz wanted to kill him, and alleging he has links to the Houston Mafia. I am not scared of you, Carlos. He was yelling. He also played ding-dong ditch, ringing his doorbell, then running to the streets. Again, this is a grown man. So you can't make this stuff up. So someone shared on X, the entire insane 37-minute BitBoy stream started from Carlos's driveway, him on his property, to him ending the stream. Again, I watched this very late last night. I encourage you to watch it if you find that entertaining. But anyways, here's for some of the highlights. At almost 19 minutes into the stream, Armstrong was met with local police who were called and uh, turned up and asked if Armstrong had a weapon on him, in which he denied. He was then ordered to put down the phone, and the stream goes blank for the remaining 17 minutes, but you can still hear uh, the audio, just FYI. And according to uh, a, a listening on Gwinnett County, uh, Georgia Sheriff's Office, Benjamin Charles Armstrong was booked on September 25th at 9.11 p.m. local time and remains incarcerated, but he is out. He claimed in the update this morning he only served eight hours in jail. So just FYI, he is currently out, but he said he does have two charges, again, one for loitering and one for assault, uh, I guess, charges being pressed against him by that man, Carlos Diaz. Now, September 26, Diaz posted a confirmation that Armstrong had turned up at his house and blockchain sleuth Zach XBT said, who is not a fan, will always celebrate one of the most notorious bad actors in crypto, finally getting karma. And in late August, the hit network, which controls the BitBoy crypto brand, cut ties with its public face. Ben Armstrong citing issues surrounding substance abuse and financial damage to employees. And since then, a couple of lawsuits have been filed and uh, retracted by various parties involved as the online saga continues. Armstrong even appealed for donations September 20th to cover his legal battles, which riled the crypto community. Now, Max Kaiser's response to all of this, and God bless Max, shit coiners like drug addicts and alcoholics always end up in prison, the hospital or the morgue. You don't have to ish coin today. Move to El Salvador and live the Bitcoin maximalist life of God's only money, perfect money, Bitcoin, where you can get three papooses for a dollar. Preach. Now, what are your thoughts on this ongoing saga of BitBoy? I knew he was going to end up in jail. Max has been calling it for quite some time. I think it's pathetic. More so than anything, him asking for donations when uh, he has a $400,000 uh, Lamborghini 
in which he claims he has. He's still rocking a Rolex. He's still living in a very upscale property. So why are you people donating money to this man so he can launch infinite amounts of lawsuits? He claimed he was going to be sending 25 lawsuits to every member of the hit network. Anyone saying anything bad against him. So he's on a tirade right now. Obviously, maybe a little crazy. He claims it's his PSTD. But let me know your honest thoughts, fam. And I'm going to be reading all these comments out loud. Again, this is the most entertaining uh, event that I have ever seen transpire minus maybe SBF in that saga. But BitBoy was also involved in that drama. Go figure. Interesting, right? Anyways, fam, now for our main featured story of the day, and that's Fidelity making a very bold prediction that the Bitcoin price will hit $1 billion per coin by the year 2038. In fact, the head of their macro, Jurian Timmer, made this prediction. So let's break this down, and then we'll dive into our live Q&A. So here we go check it out. Bitcoin, as we know, the world's largest crypto asset, has witnessed impeccable growth in terms of both adoption and price. Facts. Despite 2022 slump, the community seems optimistic about the asset hitting greater heights. Back in 2021, during the peak of Bitcoin, prominent asset manager Fidelity, who is currently the second largest asset manager in the world with $4.5 trillion in assets under management, made a highly bullish prediction about the king crypto. However, the current scenario raises the question of whether the forecast remains valid and applicable. So let's break down this prediction and how they derive this insane number of a billion dollars per Bitcoin. Jurian Timmer, the director of Global Macro at Fidelity, put forth the notion that Bitcoin has the potential to reach a valuation of $1 billion per coin in roughly two decades by 2038 to be exact. Specifically, around the year 2038, to support his forecast, Timmer employed a combination of models and charts with a particular focus on the stock-to-flow model and his own demand model. These analytical tools form the foundation of his primary prediction. And you can see those here, the Bitcoin supply and demand models as outlined here on your screen. The above demand model employs Metcalf's law. I'm sure you've heard of it before. According to this, the number of its users grow linearly. A network's value uh, grows geometrically. This means that the utility and adoption of Bitcoin are expected to grow more rapidly compared to its network of users, exchanges, ATMs, and participating retailers. Therefore, this model predicted the Bitcoin will reach $1 million by 2030. 30. Let me know if you agree or disagree thus far. Now, in contrast, Timmer's own stock-to-flow supply model noted the event of significant price surges during each halving event. Consequently, when considering this model in conjunction with the two other factors, it foresees a Bitcoin price range of a million dollars to $10 million per coin by the year 2030. Let me know if you're still with me. We also got to point out we have ARK Invest's Kathy Wood along the lines of the same prediction, predicting $1 million Bitcoin price as high as $1.5 by the year 2030 for her bullish case. We also have the stock to flow and plan B creator of the Bitcoin stock to flow model now projecting between a hundred thousand and a million dollar Bitcoin price by the year 2030, or I should say even more accurately post 2024 having so it can come a lot before that uh, next decade. Anyways, fam, let's get back uh, to this story, shall we? Timmer's demand model is more inclined towards reflecting the bottom of the Bitcoin price, but on the other hand, the stock-to-flow model seems to provide a better approximation for the peak of the king coin. However, it is worth noting that the disparity between these two models widens significantly beyond the year 2030. The reason behind this gap is expected to be the changing value of the dollar. So that's the kicker. What happens with hyperinflation? What's going to happen to the dollar value of Bitcoin? So let's break this down. How changes in the dollar 
dollar value could influence the Bitcoin price action. Timmer proposes that the value of the dollar undergoes fluctuations over time when compared to other assets. For instance, if a dollar was invested in stocks during the 18th century, its present day value would be $4 billion. Similarly, Timmer applied that if $1 million is invested today, it can grow to $1 billion in a span of 20 years. This further revealed that the purchasing power of the dollar has significantly reduced due to factors like inflation and depreciation. Thus, Timmer's statement implied that keeping a fixed amount of dollars for many years may lead to a reduced purchasing power due to the assets changing value. And over the last few years, an increasing number of companies are taking over the $1 trillion market cap. And as a result, it is foreseeable that in the next two decades, the concept of a trillion-dollar valuation will become more common, so much that individuals themselves could be worth a trillion dollars or more. The scale of numbers may even reach the quadrillion range. And let's stop right there. Currently, on paper, the two richest men in the world are like Elon Musk, as well as Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. Do you think they're likely to become trillionaires? Or do you think someone in the crypto sphere, such as the CZ, who is notoriously known as the richest in crypto, will surpass their wealth and become the first trillionaire? Do you think it could be Michael Saylor, considering MicroStrategy now holds like 158,000 BTC on their balance sheet? Could it be Barry Silbert of GBTC, who currently control over 600,000 BTC? What's your thoughts, fam? Let me know in the comments right down below. So is this milestone still achievable for Bitcoin? Isn't that the million dollar question? Let's discuss it. Despite Bitcoin's historical growth, it had recently faced a significant setback. Bitcoin's network activity had diminished and fallen behind the comparison to Cardano network. For example, the number of active addresses in the Bitcoin market has experienced a notable decline when compared to the level seen in 2021. But personally, I think that is explainable. We had a bull run in 2021. Everyone and their mother was following Bitcoin and getting involved, especially around the time we hit those all-time highs. Now, higher network activity, like increased transaction volume or active addresses, is viewed as a positive indicator for the growing adoption of BTC. This can create a sense of confidence amongst the investors, potentially leading to rising demand and a positive effect on the Bitcoin price. Now, although Timmer's prediction may be considered far-fetched and lacks empirical evidence, it doesn't completely dismiss the possibility that Bitcoin reaches such levels. The concept of de-dollarization has gained status, as we know with BRICS, right? Shifting global attention towards alternative currencies. This shift in focus is expected to drive the demand for assets like gold and crypto to Bitcoin. And with BRICS pushing for the fall of the dollar, the BRICS currency and Bitcoin are expected to garner momentum. Facts fam, we know it's a given that the dollar is going to continue to be printed until the wheels fall off. And as a result, the purchasing power of the dollar is mathematically guaranteed to go down while the purchasing power of Bitcoin is mathematically guaranteed to go up. So what are your thoughts on Jurian Timmer and Fidelity's $1 billion price prediction recap? They're claiming between 1 million and 10 million by the top of the decade by 2030. And then due to hyperinflation, like we're witnessing in other countries around the world, like in Argentina right now, that the US dollar is going to become virtually worthless. Hence why we're going to see the Bitcoin price, if it's still even comparable to dollar by that time, $1 billion per coin. What's your thoughts, fam? Let me know in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.